Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransombello. Um, there is something that I want to share with us this evening, which is um, in line with what the choir, what Audacity has been ministering on, the name, there is power in the name of Jesus. Um, um, there is power in his name. Uh, you do mighty things. You do glorious things. Uh, you, you, you're a faithful God. Awesome is your name. You know, uh, when the song just kept coming, I was really excited about it. Praise God. Um, there was a time we taught on name when I was teaching on Hebrews chapter. 13 verse 15 where the Bible says but by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise which is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name and we said that name means in the Greek is onoma which who can remember which means I said it means about two three things onoma which means what character the second one uh, authority and the third one will. Victor, come and stay here. Yes, let it be adequately filled and, uh, yeah. Not come forward. Mm. Praise God. And we said that name means onoma, which speaks of character. So say after me, say character. Say will. Say authority. authority. Let's do it again. Say character. character. Will. Will. Authority. authority. Let's do it again. Character. character. Will. Will. Authority. authority. So if I ask you what is your name? Now the concept behind name is not necessarily first name. Neither is it last name. But the concept behind name is what is your character, what is your authority, and what is the will or the plan behind your existence. So a lot of people answer names but don't really know their name. Do you understand my point? Yes. Is that we're not talking about Tinuke. Or, or Ejiro, I'm talking about a name that is given to you that you are meant to fulfill. Do you get the point? So, name is speaking of character. Let's do it again. Character, authority, and will. So, name speaks of the character of a thing. And name also speaks of the authority. Because now, you know that you naturally will exercise authority when you are in your assignment or when you are in your place. You exercise authority naturally. So it speaks of character, it speaks of authority, and it also speaks of will. Will is the predetermination of the mind of God for you. That is what it is. So, 
Um, let us go to Genesis chapter 2. Let me show you something. In Genesis chapter 2. From. Are you ready for the word of God? Okay. Genesis chapter 2. Verse Verse 19 Genesis chapter 2 verse 19 Alright let me read It says and out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. Are you following that? And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Now, look at this. God brought all the living things and presented those things before Adam. And the Bible says when God presented those things, he wanted to see what Adam would call those things. So that already tells us that God had in mind what those things were. Am I correct? Uh, You're trying to see how intelligent your child is. And you want to know if your child has come up to the age of um, recognition to some sense. And then you present some things to your son or to your child. And you want to see how your child is going to approach it. Or what he's going to do with it. The, you already have in mind what that thing is. So when, the, when your son does exactly what you have in mind then you are satisfied and you understand that your son or your boy has come to full recognition of what this thing really is. I remember when we were growing up, my dad bought four football. Four. Do you remember Felele? Felele. He had many colors. There's a blue, there's a yellow, there's, but there's something that is common amongst all of them was the characteristics of felony it's light it's very light Abby. and it's not it's not evenly round and because some side will bulge out so if you shoot the ball and the ball lands here it can go here even if it's supposed to go straight it's, it's felony so he bought we were four then my last sister wasn't born um, he bought three felony then one one case, you know case, case of bladder. You know the one they call case. Case is the one that had the black and white patch. That one was heavier, thicker, stronger. Yes, it was for the big boys. Why the felele? You could. You, it was for children. You can play felele inside your your bedroom. Yo, are you following me? Yes, sir. Uh, but case, you can't play case inside. You have to go outside and play case, and you must wear shoes. You're going to break your leg. So my dad brought four of those balls and kept them there to see what his children would do, starting from me. So he asked me to pick first, then my older sister to pick. He bought different colors. And I'm sure he was trying to test us to know 
what kind of things appeal to each of us. So he bought different colors. He also wanted to understand the difference and the diversity of our persons. So he, he brought different, different ones. So me who was driven by color, I picked the blue one. And normally I was supposed to have picked the case. The case, are we? Because that's for mature men. Uh, my sister picked the yellow one. And Nat, when it came to Nat's turn, the case was there and a pink felele was there. So Nat came, held the felele, pressed it with his hand. The thing went inside. My dad he looked at him, he was looking at it. He shook his head, no. He dropped it. He now went, he picked the hard one. He tried to press it. He could not press it. He now did like this. He now bounced it. It went up and down. Down, down, down. He shook his head. And he picked it. So my dad brought those balls to see what we would name them. <laughs> In quote. And at that period, he was termed that he was the wisest of all of us because of that thing he did. Same thing also happened. They brought two pieces of bread. One was big, one was small. I went to ease myself before I came back. <laughs> the size changed. <laughs> so the one that was bigger became smaller. And the one that was smaller became bigger. But the one that was bigger before and became smaller had indentations of finger. Do you understand my point? And it became thick just by looking at it. And the other one that was small and became bigger was looking for me. So me carried away by size. I picked the one that was smaller but became bigger and had foam. So I picked it, I ate it. While he not, the one that was bigger and became smaller but had weight, glory, had cardboard. He picked it and ate. So how I found out was when I finished eating and he had not finished. <laughs> because it was still inside his mouth. So I knew there was a problem somewhere. Now, the point I'm trying to make is that God brings things before you to see what you will call them. But he already has in mind what they are. Are you still here? Uh Now, when the Bible says, let me read verse 19. It says, and out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he will call them. The, the next phrase is, and whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Then verse 20, and Adam gave names to the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found and help meet for him. Now, if you 
look at the scripture carefully, you would discover that when the Bible says Adam gave name to all these creatures, it wasn't talking about Adam calling it fish or Adam calling it goat. It's actually we who gave it an In fact, he didn't speak English. Are you getting my point? So it's not what you are calling it now that he called it. It's not goat, it's not cow, it's not fish that he called it. What Adam named it to be was he gave it a character. He saw fish and said you are the type that will swim. Are you getting my point? He saw bird and he said you are the type that will flap your wings. So he was giving the creatures their identity in respect to their character and to their will and also to their purpose. Are you getting my point? But see something now. Why is it that the Bible says and whatsoever Adam called every living creature that was the it says that was the name thereof. Meaning that whatever Adam called it was the intent in the mind of God. Are you getting my point? God already said to fish, you will swim. If you leave the waters, you will survive. And when Adam saw fish, he said you will swim. Adam defined the character of fish and said if you leave water, you will survive. That was naming that was identification. Why is it that when babies are born, the first thing the parents want to do is to name the child? They want to name the child first because in naming the child, they are trying to identify the child. But I want you to understand something. This thing is going to help you. This thing I'm about about to say will help you. When Adam named the fishes, the birds of the air, the cattle on the field, he was in an identity consciousness of the one who created those things. Are you still here? So, Adam could name correctly because he was in God's reality. In fact, if Adam was not in the reality of God, when those things were passing by, he would have given it another name. Because at that point, he would not be able to access the mind of God. So it was because Adam was able to access the mind of God and to know what God intended when he made those things that he named those things according to the way he intended it to be. Are you still here? Now, when it comes to naming, if you name something outside of its identity, you have misrepresented the creator. In fact, you have you have you have you have thwarted the direction of that thing. I'm going somewhere. Let's see what Adam did when he saw his wife. Let's see who or what he called her. Where are we? Verse 
21. Let me read the last phrase of verse 20. But for Adam there was not found and help meet for him. Let's see what happened. Verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. Now let me ask you a question. Was he conscious here? Was he conscious or unconscious? He was subconscious, right? Okay. The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall from Adam. To fall upon Adam, sorry. And he slept. And he took one of his ribs. Uh, not help me, I'm still hearing the... I'm still hearing that. Now, in the subconscious state of Adam, see what happened to him. He took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. Why did... God, <laughs> God is very interesting. God is very interesting. God took one of the ribs from Adam and then he formed the woman but he was sleeping and when when the woman was already properly formed he now brought her to Adam to see what he will call her Abi and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto, unto man and Adam said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Thank God he didn't name a goat his wife. Or thank God he didn't name orangutan his wife. Or thank God he didn't name monkey his wife. He now said, this is what? Now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, instead thereof. And the rib, no, where are we? 23. It says, she shall be what? Called what? Woman. Because she was taken out of man. I have a question for you. When God took Adam to sleep and brought the woman out of the rib of Adam. Was he conscious? So how did he know that this person he's looking at came out from him? Hmm? He was in the reality of God. So even though he was sleeping or not sleeping, it was as though he was there with God when God was making the woman. Are you getting the point? So it was easy for Adam to identify the woman. <laughs> Everything was rosy here, have you? Things were good, things were fine. Um, Satan had not yet come. No deception. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. And they shall be one flesh, and they shall both, they, they, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Why were they naked and not ashamed? In fact, why was Adam naked 
in the consciousness of God and didn't see it as nakedness. Eh? Adam did not need any covering. Let's walk this thing together, Abby. He didn't need any covering. Um, and we all know that the covering of Adam at that point was the glory of God, right? So the glory of God covered him. If you see if you see a goat outside, doesn't need cloth. It doesn't need cloth, Abby. If you see a white lion outside and it's walking in its elegance and beauty, doesn't need cloth. It doesn't need cloth. But you can still see the glory of that animal. Are you getting it? That's the way Adam was. Without this packaging I'm wearing now, we didn't need it. We had the glory of God as our covering then. But see what happened. I, verse chapter 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than every beast of the field. Verse 1. Which the, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of them. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the trees... But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Then, let's go to the end of the story. Verse 11. No verse. Verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden. When the Bible says God was walking in the garden, does it mean that God has legs? You know, when, when we say we're made in the image of God, people don't know that, you see, the way you look is the way God looks. It says, my hands are not too short that I can't reach out to you. My ears are not deaf, so God has ears, God has hands. The Bible says God was walking in the cool of the evening. doesn't mean he has legs. I was sitting in the heavens and laugh. He has butok. <laughs> And he said, I will laugh. He has expressions. Do you understand? We're actually in his image. We're actually in his image. Says, and when, when, when Moses asked to see the glory of God, that God turned the back. So God has back. We're like him. He says, now let us make man in our own image. I was sharing with a friend and I said it's possible there was a man who was not in the image of God. He said, now, let us make man in our own image. So maybe there was, they call it the pre-Adamic man. So it's possible there was a man that was not in the image of God and after his likeness. So when God now makes man in his own image, man now begins to carry the personality of God. And why do you think Satan was so angry with Adam? What is it he was looking for that really made him hate Adam? I think it was because, you know, Satan said, Lucifer said, I'm going to exalt myself above the stars of God and I will be like him. So, man was the future ambition of Lucifer. <laughs> so when he saw a creation of God that got it cheaply, 
without asking for it. He wanted to kill it. And if you notice, the Bible says that Lucifer, which was a figurative expression of one king at that time, but it says Lucifer said, I'm going to exalt myself from the ground and I will ascend to the heavens and be like him. Now, that ground speaks of the earth, meaning that there was earth before Adam came into the picture. Are you getting the point? He says, I'm going to exalt myself from the ground. And then after that whole plan didn't work, the Bible says he was cast down to the ground. And the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Full stop. And the earth was without form and void. There's command here. Because there's, there's like millions of years in between God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void. How can what God create not have form and void? I, and darkness was all of a sudden on the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God now moved. Then God now said, <laughs> how can it be? So there was something that happened. There's a part of the Bible that says God destroyed the whole earth with water and not one living thing survived. It wasn't speaking of the time of Noah. Doesn't make sense. That's why if you study archaeology, you see that people will bring proofs of fossils that have existence back dating to six million years ago. Meanwhile, the earth is just known, or from the time of Adam to now, is 6,000 years. But the earth is actually older than that. Anyway, let's move on. So when Lucifer sees man, he wants to fight him because man has already become like God without struggle. Without struggle. Without struggle. But see what happened in the fall of Adam. Adam left the reality and the consciousness of God. Am I correct? So, when he left the reality and the consciousness of God because of sin, something happened to his naming ability. (laughs) Something happened to Adam that he could not name correctly. Belama, come front. Come forward, Belema. Come and stay near Dr. Ogro. Something happened to his naming ability that he could not properly name as one with a consciousness of the one who created those things. So let's go to the fall. Verse 9, right? Where are we? Verse 8, And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden, and the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. <laughs> Before, two things happened. He, he realized he was naked, and secondly, he was hiding. It means he has assumed a consciousness that he did not have before. He became conscious of something that was not there before. Why will he be hiding from God? 
What did you do? What did he do? Then, and he said unto, and he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree? Whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou givest to me, to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou... So God was just following all of them. Man, what did you do? Woman. Woman, what did you do? Serpent. Serpent. Oh, who are you going to blame? So because thou... Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above all. Now let me show you something. Look at verse verse 19. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it was thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Now this is where the cause came in. Am I correct? Now let's see what Adam called the woman after the period of the cause. Now verse 20. And Adam called his wife, his wife's name, Eve. Why? Because she was the mother of all living. All living. And remember that everyone who was living was living under the curse. Are you getting my point? Was living under the curse because when she gave birth, the curse followed the children. And the children became sinners by virtue of what the parents did. Of course, we already know this because we've been in the Bible school. Now, after the fall, Eve, or the woman was called Eve. Before the fall, Adam called her what? Woman. After the fall, Adam called her what? Eve. Let me show you something in First Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Verse. Um, this is scripture I'm looking for. Sorry, Second Corinthians chapter eleven, verse three. Second Corinthians chapter eleven, verse three. Now the Bible says, "But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent." See, look at this point. At the time when the serpent was tempting the woman, what was she called? Woman, but when they now backdated the story, 
which will explain the concept of being a victim of deception. What did the Bible call her here? Eve. Why? Because this was the name that was given to her as a result of the deception and as a result of the fall. The point is that you cannot be in the consciousness of God and in the reality of God and name something otherwise. And at the same time, if you are not in that consciousness, you will never name it the way God wants you to name it. Are you still here? Isaiah chapter Isaiah chapter says for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government shall be what upon his shoulders and his name shall be called what wonderful counselor who is the bible talking about and his name shall be called now many of us think that the implication of name is the first name but I told you before that name means character, Abby. says, and his name shall be called what? Wonderful. Meaning that Jesus will be wonderful. Are you getting my point? Meaning that Jesus will be a counselor. Meaning that, come forward my dear. Meaning that Jesus will be what? The everlasting father. What's the next one? He will also be what? The Prince of Peace. So the name of Jesus was predetermined by his assignment. Are you still here? I'm going somewhere. How many times, let me ask you a question, if anyone gets it, what is in my mind to do to the person that's inside me? <laughs> when I've done it, I'll tell you. Yes. How many times did Jesus receive his name? How many times did Jesus receive his name? Twice. Fortune says three times. Uh, five. Okay, let me put it in a very clear way. In how many ways, that that might be confusing, but let me still ask. In how many ways did Jesus receive his name? Twice. Why do you say twice? Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
Huh? Same. <laughs> Victor, where is Pastor Paul going? Come and stay here with me. I don't have any pastor here sitting down with me. <laughs> where are you going? Come and sit down. In how many ways did Jesus receive his name? Yes, Jesus. Via prophecy. Okay, I, let, let me confess. I think the issue is not with your answers. It's with my question. Yeah, because I'm biased because of the answer I have in my mind. <laughs> but I, I wish I could ask the question correctly so I can know if you understand what I'm saying. Okay, let me put it this way. Hmm? You said before resurrection and after resurrection. That's very close to what I'm about to say. Before resurrection and after resurrection. You you actually have said the two kinds of ways in which he got his name. Then there's a third one. Jane is saying I should say the answer, then ask the question. Let me say that first of all, he received his name by inheritance. That's one. Then secondly, he acquired his name by conquest. Then thirdly, a name was conferred on him by God because of the victory. Do you understand it? So, the first inheritance of the name was where the Bible says he has obtained a more excellent or has inherited Hebrews chapter 1 verse 4 he has inherited a more excellent name because of who the father is are you getting my point so if have you ever met someone whose name is so powerful and because of the power of the person's name what other people are queuing to go through was the person just call his name the person will beat the queue and goes to the top. We are in a real world. Oh yeah. Eh? Yes. And those kind of ladies, when they get married, they bear the names of their husband, but they will still keep their father's name. Just to let you know that I'm of that breed. You know what I'm saying? And for you to flaunt with that kind of name means that your name has gone far and wide. Am I correct? And because your name has gone far and wide, there's public recognition about your name. Your name carries weight and it demands public favor. Jesus' name has gone far and wide. In heaven, his name is established on earth which he walked his name is established and under the earth which is in hell his name is in est- so there is no way you call Jesus that these people don't know am I making sense 
And because his name is a public name. And you know what? He got that name for the purpose of you to use it. Why did Jesus get the name if we can't use it? So, Jesus was telling his disciples that you would always come to meet me for, for things. And I would do stuff for you. And you have never prayed to the Father before. But he says, from now henceforth, you will pray my name to the Father. So you are free to use my name. He says, Mark 16, 17. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they will do what? Cast out demons. They will do things. The sick will recover in the name of Jesus. So can I ask you a question? Are you using that name? Are you using your father's name well? It's easy to flaunt with a natural man's name that has gained recognition and public affirmation than it is for many of us Christians to flaunt with the name of Jesus. Many of us don't know the victory that comes with that name. So, as I was saying to you, that name speaks of character, speaks of will, speaks of authority. And the Bible says that he shall be called what? Wonderful, counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Everything that the Bible said here was what Jesus became. So when Mary was about to conceive Jesus, what happened? The angel of the Lord appeared to Mary and said, His name shall be what? Called what? Emmanuel, God with us. And in the description of the meaning of the name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So name is always tied to assignment. Say it after me. Say name, name. is tied to assignment. If you are called a name that is not looking like your assignment, you have to reconsider. My dad was called Raphael. Raphael means angel. Raphael is one of the angels in heaven. And my dad thought about it. He said, but I'm going to judge angels. Why will I be called Raphael? Angels are wondering why God is mindful of me. And I'm being called an angel. So he changed his name to Ransom. And me and my brother follow suit. Do you understand? If you are called a name that does not describe you, you have to reconsider. There are some people's names that are descriptive of gods, village gods. There's one they call Ogun something, Ogunbi or one, which means is or, or something Ifa priest. <laughs> I'm sure Pastor Paul will have good examples. Eh? <laughs> but the point is whatever you are called you must understand that that call was a predetermination 
in the mind of God about your life. There is a name that you are called. Pastor Paul's first name is Paul. But I can boldly tell you that his name is persuasiveness. Because he can persuade you to buy your own cloth. Do you understand my point? Your name is not your first name. Good for you if your first name is descriptive of your name. I want you to begin to think deeper. I want you to begin to think deeper now. What is your name? This is another way of teaching about purpose, have you? Yes. What is your name? What are you called? If you... And can I tell you something? When you start leaving your name, you would not be the one to say, this is my name. People will call you by the name. So, in the first place, if you don't even know what name you are called, how can people call you the name that you are supposed to be living because you know that's what you are called? Can I ask you the question? The word Christian, what does it mean? Christ-like. Was it the believers in Antioch who went about saying were Christians? Or it was the people who called them Christians? Which one? It was the people. So the summary of my message today is leave your name. In fact, find out what your name is and then begin to leave your name. Don't leave another person's name. Don't. But I'm going to tie this up with summarizing that everybody who is called a believer has been tied into the person of Christ. Are you getting me? So your name is in the person of Christ, one. And who Christ is, is who you are. So if you now begin to break things down from the basic structure of who Christ is to, to the specific specification, that specific idea about you, of what your name is, you begin to press deeper into fulfillment of purpose. Lastly, let me show you a scripture. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 4. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 4. It says, For Jacob my servant's sake, and Israel mine elect, I have even called thee by thy name. Who gives the name? Talk to me, Solomon. God, right? God gives the name. I've even called thee by thy name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. This is the condition of many people. There is a name which you bear, but many of us don't know. Some of you are called creativity. 
to the fullness of its manifestation. Some of you are called. Somebody give me an idea. Like I named, I told Pastor, I said Pastor Paul's is persuasiveness. Some of you are called creativity. Some of you are called administrators. Some of you are called excellence. There are some of you. If I take everything you have and I put you in Kubwa, in the next two years, you become the richest person in Kubwa. If I now take all the accounts that you've built and all the money in the account and I take you to Jikwe and dump you in the middle of nowhere, the instinct to do business in the desert is inside you. And you will still survive inside there. You will still survive anyhow. What's that kind of thing called? Survivor, eh? Resilience. It's a name. It's a name. Joshua and Jesus means the same thing. They mean Savior. Joshua was named because he was going to save the people of Israel and lead them to the promised land. Jesus means Savior. It was deliberate given to him to save his people from sin. Now, God has named you before you got here. And many of you don't know what the name is. You are being called Chukudi. Chukudi. <laughs> that's, that's not the point. The point is, what is your name? What is your name? What is your name? Hallelujah. What's, what's the meaning of Abram? Hmm? What's the meaning of Abraham? Then what's the meaning of Abraham? Then Abraham is what? Father. Then Abraham means father of many nations. God was deliberate about it. What's the meaning of Jacob? Eh? Supplanter. Then what's the meaning of Isaac? I mean uh, Israel. Prince with God. There are some places in the scripture where God will speak about the evil done by Jacob and the good done by Israel. <laughs> the same person, though. I get to my point. Saul, Paul, Simon, Peter. God is deliberate. There are things that have named you. Now, don't think God is the only one who gave you a name. There are other things that have named you. That's why the Bible says, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 21. Help me check it. And every name that is named... You know, this is far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come. 
there are some things that have named us and our, our experiences may have named, named us nature by, by, by natural happenings experience nurturing you know disaster those things may have named us but there's a name that supersedes that name and, and, and your original name is in Christ praise God said praise God can I give you one key before we go whenever you see a situation name it correctly correctly name it don't name it as one who is not in the reality of God name it with the mind of God don't call what you are supposed to call blessed cursed do you remember what happened to Balaam he wanted to name the Israelites cursed and when he got to the top of the mountain he saw Israel like a cross the way they were camped it was the shape of a cross and he was about to proclaim curse on Israel and Balaam stopped Balak was saying curse them curse them Balaam said I can't curse whom God has blessed because he was going to name Israel from the perspective of God when you are seeing something happening name it correctly poke your neighbors and name correctly yes and God wants you to do that when if God if God allows something to pass by you he's trying to see what you're going to call it if he allows hunger for two days let me come back home to pass by you what are you going to call it Do you know what someone who is not in the consciousness of God will call it? Hey, there's a casting down. Or this is one thing. This is this is lack. Alarm. <laughs> but he, if he allows it pass by you, what are you going to call it? You will say there's a lifting up. You see, many of us who are sitting here looking at me, God has allowed some things pass by you and he's watching to see what you will call it. And many of you have been calling it wrongly. You've been giving it the name that he did not give. Can I show you just one last scripture? Isaiah 62. Verse 1. For Zion's sake I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness, and the salvation thereof as a lamb that burneth. Verse 2. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness, and all kings thy glory. And thou shalt be called, what? By a new name, which 
the mouth of the Lord has named, of which the mouth of the Lord shall name, thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of in the hand of thy God. Verse four. Thou shalt no longer be what tempt forsaken, neither shall thy land any more be tempt what, but thou shalt be what called Hephzibah, and thy land Beulah. For the Lord Hephzibah means the Lord delights in you. And thy land shall be married in the place for desolation. See, when, when God allows some things to pass by you, there is a name and there is another name for what the original intention of God is. He said, it looks like being forsaken, Abi. He said, but no, it's not forsaken. You shall be called Hephzibah. Which means that he has delight in you. How can you say God has delight in me when forsakenness is passing through? Or you've been abandoned and you are telling me I'm loved. That is the name. Are you getting my point? So I don't misinterpret things. I don't misinterpret it. I don't have money today. Does not mean I'm poor. It is not my name. My name is Hephzibah. Praise God. I'm called Hephzibah. I'm called Beulah. For the Lord delighted in thee. He said you shall be called by a new name. Which the mouth of the Lord will name. See what happened. God named you in secret. Then they will call you in the open. (laughs) That's what happened. He said this person is going to be called abundance and the person does not have money he says it's going to be called abundance Abraham you are a father of many nations no child he already named him he says your descendants will be as much as the dust of the sand of the seashore but he didn't have anything so the point is that you should not join people to give yourself a name that God didn't give you. Don't. Find out what your name is. Call it by the name it is meant to be. The Lord God allowed creatures to pass through Adam so that he will know what he will call it. Hallelujah. How many of you are ready to call things properly? Eh? These things are practical. Just bow down your heads and begin to call things by their names. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj twitter.com slash standpointabj instagram.com slash standpointabj and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj 